Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Oh, will you stand with us this morning? We're going to sing an old hymn of the church. Uh, if you didn't recognize the song, that song we just played, To God Be the Glory for the Great Things He Has Done. And I tell you this morning, God's been good to us all. And Amen. we're here this morning to worship the Lord. Well, let's uh, worship this old song. It says we're going to hold to God's unchanging hand. You can build your hopes on things eternal by holding to God's unchanging hand. So let's worship the Lord together this morning.
morning to remain standing for scripture and prayer because that is how we hold on to the Lord's unchanging hand by his word and by praying and talking to the Lord and having fellowship with him that's how we can hold on to that unending and unchanging hand worship the Lord this morning as brother Marion leads us in scripture and prayer today thank you Lord I'm thankful for that unchanging hand Amen. Philippians 4 um, I chose uh, verse 4 through 8 Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. He said, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. And again, I'm thankful to be in God's house thankful for the songs that's been sung, and I want to praise him, and I want to give you opportunity to pray. Let's all pray together as a church, as a body. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, always for your love and mercy. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that we can come to the house of God, Lord, that we can just have liberty, Lord, that we can have peace to worship you. Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our lives. Thankful, Lord, that day by day, Lord, we can look into a God that's almighty and all-powerful. Lord, you're able to keep us, Lord, in these last days, and we're thankful for it, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you continue to keep us as a body of Christ. Lord, that our trust would be totally in you, Lord, for you're worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do again, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, and we give you all the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's remain standing this morning. We're going to go right into praise and worship this morning. This song simply says this is amazing grace and that's what God gives us every day of the week every month of the year God continually gives us the grace of God let's worship the Lord this morning Stronger, the King of Glory, the King above all kings. 
I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. And I believe 
in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Still a miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. Oh, yes. My praise belongs to you forever. Oh, yes. This is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed with water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Oh, yes, our God will finish what He started. Oh, yes, this is my testimony from death to life. our testimony today that Jesus blood bought us he bought us he rose he let us rise from death to life because of the power of the cross and there's still that crimson river that still flows from Emmanuel's veins where sinners can still plunge beneath the cross and lose all their guilty stains and that's the heartbeat of the church we want everyone to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ 
So we want to sing this morning. There is a river that still flows today. Lord, we worship you today. We magnify the name of the Lord. So we sing, there's a river. There is a river. The streams whereof make glad the sea of our God. There is a river.
know this wasn't on the schedule today, but I just want to sing. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love oh, yeah. with Jesus. What's the best thing I've ever done? Can we sing falling in love? Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. What's the best thing I've ever done? In his arms. Will in his arms. that to the Lord where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares. This is your house. This is your house. Come and dwell. Oh, let's sing that just one more time. Where the lost and the lonely, that's the hope of the church, bring their burdens and their cares. That's what the church is all about. Because this is your house. This is God's house. This is your house. Come and dwell. 
the next 30 seconds in your own way, will you just tell the Lord how grateful you are to be in his house and how much you love him? Father, we love you. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. Oh, Lord, we feel your presence in this house today. Oh, we worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, your word says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, we worship you today, Lord. We worship you today. Oh, we love you. We give you praise and glory that's due your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, can you just give the Lord the best ovation of praise of hand that you can today? Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. The psalmist David said, I was glad when they said unto me. We sing that sometimes around here. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You could be a lot of places today, but you're in God's house. Are you glad to be here today? Amen, amen. If you can, you may be seated. You can try to be seated. But I tell you what, I do feel a sweet, sweet spirit of the Lord today in the house of the Lord. I always love it when God stops by. He visits his people, and I tell you, I do feel the power and the presence of the Lord in the house this morning. You say, well, Pastor, we're not running and jumping and screaming and hollering and shouting and speaking in tongues and going chaotic and losing our minds. That's okay. Sometimes it's good to just be in the sweet Holy Spirit presence of the Lord. The old song says it's a sweet Holy Spirit. It's a sweet heavenly dove. Stay right here with us. Sometimes we just want the sweetness of the Lord to just stay right here with us today. We thank you for that. For those joining online, God bless you this morning. Can we welcome all our online view visitors and viewers today? Welcome to church this morning. Don't forget, you can always check us out online, SantiCircleCOG.org, with all the information regarding the church, regarding activities, regarding whatever, you know, is going on in the church. It's always found there. All services are archived on there. You can also subscribe to the Apple and Google Podcast and uh, listen to the services over and over again. If you do podcasting or if you listen to podcasting, delete everybody else's off your phone and just download ours so that you have enough memory. Praise the Lord. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that, but at least add us so I think you're listening. You don't have to, but at least put the icon on your phone so I think you're there. Uh, it'll make me feel better. Don't forget to download the Our Church app also in the App Store or Google Play. And then you can literally search the, term, search the name Santee Circle COG. Always, there's multiple ways to give online, in-house, by mail, uh, on the app, the uh, in-person. You can do it by telephone. You call. It, you, people say, oh, Pastor, do you all have text to give? Yes, you text. I'll come pick up whatever you're giving. That's our text to give. Some people say, oh, text the number 4437 and put your amount. No, you text 803-747-1885, and you put in the amount you want to give, and I'm going to come get it from you. That's our text to give right there. You just text. Make sure you add more zeros than you mean to. Double-click those zeros a couple times. It sounds better. Uh, but you can always give anytime. We're thankful for that. Don't forget, uh, it's not October 3rd. That's a misprint. It should be November the 7th. I don't know why that's October 3rd. I misprinted that. November the 7th is our next Men's and Women's Fellowship, uh, unless otherwise directed. But as of right now, we're going to keep moving forward. We're still in our sermon series scare tactics we're still talking about how the enemy wants nothing more to instill fear in the body of christ and create disunity in the body and make us not accomplish the kingdom mandate of going into all the world baptizing and teaching and proclaiming what thus saith the word of the lord god did not give us a spirit of fear 
but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Don't forget, Family Fest is coming up next Saturday, actually. It will be here before you know it. Don't forget, you can still sign up if you want to donate things or give money towards this initiative. It is on Saturday from 5 to 7. We're going to have all kinds of fun stuff for your kids and grandkids and even for old people. We have stuff for you, too. We're going to have cookie decorating and all kinds of stuff like that. And then you can eat the cookie you decorated. So isn't that nice? We're so sweet, aren't we? I know. Uh, no pun intended, but we are sweet like that. And uh, so come and have a good time with us after service this morning. Don't forget, we have about a five-minute business meeting where I just want to read the financial report of the church and just tell you how good God has been to our church and then just get the church to vote to adapt the budget as rib. If you have any questions on it, you can always come see me, talk to me, come Sister Carol and I will sit down. We'll give you line by line by line by line by line if you really get into that kind of stuff. If you're like me, you just want to know we're not broke and we're in the black. The red is where I don't want to be. Only thing I want red is the blood of Jesus over my life. Outside of that, I want it black. Everything black because that means I'm doing good. So in spiritual sense, you don't want to be black. You want to be red. In business, you want to be black. You don't want to be red. So don't get those confused. But that's how we want to be. And I'll just tell you before we meet, we're in the black. So we're okay. All right. We're not in the red. We're in the black. But we'll read all that to you. And then shortly after that, for about five minutes, Miss Jeannie uh, Godin just wants to talk to those who are going to be a part of Family Fest. Whether you're volunteering, helping, cooking, donating, whatever. Just for five minutes, she has made a schematic of where we're laying everything out in the parking lot, where to park your cars to make sure we don't run over your kids and make sure everything is smooth for that day. We don't want you to show up here at 5 o'clock and be like, where do I go? We're going to tell you today. And so we're going to be doing that as well. So a lot of cool stuff happening around our property. We're excited about that. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Psalms 46 today. Psalms 46, I already quoted 2 Timothy 1 and 7 for you. That's been our theme verse in this sermon series, Scare Tactics. I've been reading it to you every Sunday. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. Which tells me God did not want His church to live and operate in fear. God never said you won't be afraid. He just don't want you to live there very long. He says, because I want you to have the power, dunamis, power, dynamite type power, and of love and of sound mind. I want you to overcome fear. So we're going to talk a little bit. More about that today. So once you have it, Psalms 46, will you stand for the reading of God's Word today? If you're able, if you're not, we understand. But we're asking you to stand for the reading of God's Word today in the presence of the Lord. Here's what the psalmist said. If you have a header in your Bible, it will say, God, the refuge of his people and the conqueror of the nation. Can I tell you right now, we need God to come back into the nation? Hello? I don't care what side of the fence you're on. That's between you and God. But we need God to be back in the country again. He's the conqueror of the nations to the chief musicians, the psalm of the sons of Korah. Here's what it says. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I could shut the book right there and we should all be able to shout and go home. Because if you get nothing else today, you can just know God is a refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, because God is a very present help in time of trouble, therefore, we do not have to. All right, none of y'all can read. Let me help you. 
We're still talking about God did not give us a spirit of fear. God is our refuge and help. Very present help in times. Therefore, we will not have to. Thank you. Somebody's getting it today. Though the earth be removed, that means it may, it may not be here anymore. Well, there'll come a day the world won't be here. Whether you believe it or not, there's coming a day God's going to take the church out of here. And the world as we know it won't be here. Though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Anybody ever been in troubled waters before of life? Where it seemed like all hell is coming against you? Though the waters of life be troubled. Though the mountains have an earthquake and shake with the swelling thereof. Selah, that's like a musical break. I tell you, it's like a praise break. It's like a part of the song where the musicians do a vamp. They play through it one more time to get me excited to go to the next step. He says, therefore that happens. Remember what we just sang a few minutes ago? There is a river. The streams wear up. Well, look at this. There is a river. The streams whereof made glad city of our God. You didn't know it, but you sang your message today. Hello. Before I ever step behind this lectern, you already sang the word of the Lord today. There is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of our God, a holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst. Can I tell you, if I had anything to tell this church today... I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how bad it seems on the job. I had to help somebody this week dealing with a complicated situation with their job. I'm telling you, I don't care if it's job. I don't care if it's marriage. I don't care if it's children. I don't care if it's finances. I don't care if it's the church. I don't care what it is. If you believe that God is a refuge and a very present help in time of trouble, verse 5 says God is in the midst. He'll be in the midst of the fire. He'll be in the midst of the water. He'll be in the bottom of the boat wherever you need God to be in the middle of your storms of life. God is in the midst of it all. She will not be moved. God will help her that right early. The heathen is raged, is angered. The sinners are angry. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Can somebody say amen? It doesn't matter what you're going through. Just remember the Lord is with you if you can get that out of the message today you can just walk around your house all week and every time something comes up just say god is with me the lord is with me there's an old song it's an african-american song i believe charles johnson the reviver is actually singing i'm not 100 percent sure but it's an old old african-american spiritual that says jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather he's standing by my side when i hear the thunder roll He holds my hand when I begin to tremble when the winds of this world are blowing strong. That's all you need to know. No matter what's going on, Jesus is with you. That's all you got to know. He is the God of Jacob and our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. That's what church is all about. We gather together to lift up one another in faith and say, come, let us worship the Lord. Let's, Let's see what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. Behold the works of the Lord's and what desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease. Well, we need that, don't we? To the end of the earth, he breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in fire. Be still when you don't know what to do. Don't get, fur- don't get worried, don't get fretful. Just be still and know that he is God. Pastor, I don't know what's going to happen with my job. I don't know what's going to happen with my children. I don't know what's going to happen in my church. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what's going to happen with my health. A doctor gave me this report. I can't help but to tell you I don't know how to fix it. But when you don't know what to do, stand still. 
just be still and know he is God. Jesus is with me. Just stand there and know he is there. I will be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. Here he repeats it again. The Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Anytime in scripture they start repeating themselves, that's probably a good indicator. They want you to know something. And this has been repeated twice in 11 verses. Twice this has been said. God is with us. The Lord is our refuge and strength. A very present. God, this whole chapter, the theme of it is God is with you. Now I know we've still been talking about are you a fear fighter or a, a fear finder or a faith fighter, but I'm telling you the best way to overcome fear by faith is to know that there is one sitting high above heaven and earth that sits on the right hand of the Father, making intercession on your behalf, and he is as close as the very mention of his name. No matter what you're going through, you can stand still in confidence and boldness and in assurance, knowing that God himself is with you. If he needs to fix a job, he'll fix a job. If he needs to fix a marriage, he'll fix a marriage. If he needs to make finances come, he'll make finances. But God is with us. Can somebody say amen today? God is with us. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray today in the midst of your people in the reading of this word that you would let me speak not of my mere words but of your words. Take a coal from the altar of heaven and anoint these lips of clay. And help me to proclaim what thus saith the almighty word of God. Let us be not only hearers of words but doers thereof. And let this word resonate in our heart challenge, chastise, and even change us under the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. We will forever give you the praise, glory, and honor that is due your name. And the people of God together said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The last couple weeks we've been talking on this theme, are you a fear finder or a faith fighter? We talked a couple weeks about what fear represents, the emotions and responses that fear creates. We talked about some of David's mightiest of men, Benaiah, who went down and wrestled a lion in the pit on a snowy day. And we talked about the challenges that would bring to have to even wrestle a lion, period, but much less wrestle it in the snow with no traction. We talked about the different things they tell you to do if you have a, uh, an encounter with a lion. You know, make yourself look bigger, roar, wave your hands, all this stuff that you're not going to do when you see a lion because you're going to run, which is the number one thing they say don't do. Uh, but, but, you know, it's kind of like fright or flight, you know, uh, uh, fight or flight, and, and you, you don't know whether to, 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 to fight back or to, to stand there. But, but he wrestles this lion, he, he attacks an Egyptian, and he overtakes the Egyptian and takes the spear of the Egyptian and is able to kill the enemy with his own sword. And, and, and we read about him, we talked about him, and I, I told you last week as we began this series that, that or it was in the middle of this series, that, that faith, I mean, excuse me, fear will frustrate you sometimes. Fear is designed to make you agitated. Fear wants you to get angry. Fear wants you to be upset. Fear wants to cripple you spiritually, emotionally, physically, whatever it has to do. Fear's tactic is to create destruction in your life. But the Bible tells us faith illuminates. The Bible says that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path.
Thank the Lord. All right. Ooh, if you got a pacemaker, check your batteries. <laughs> it might not go so well. All right, we're back online. For those of y'all that were online, don't worry. You didn't watch a Charlie Chaplin film. I didn't put batteries in the microphone this morning. That was not a silent film, but we're back. Uh, but, but faith will illuminate. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Your word will I hide in my heart that I may not sin against you. The Bible tells us that faith will show us the pathway to take. If I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding and in all my ways acknowledge him, he'll make my pathways known or straight. God will tell us which way to go. But then I talked about how fear also likes to penetrate you. It likes to get inside of you. It likes to make residence in you. It likes to control the very essence of who you are. We talked about how fear uh, literally back in the day that children were more afraid of animals and the dark and things like that. But nowadays, according to statistics, that they're more afraid of violence and being abandoned and being alone and how things have changed in childhood fears. We talked about that that the fear of abandonment is real. And we talked about, though, how you can praise God and how if you have faith, that faith will alleviate all of those things. Faith will help you see the unknown, for faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I don't know how he's going to do it, don't know when he's going to do it, and I'm not even sure if he's going to do it, but I know God can do it should he choose to do that. And we talked about how faith in God. We talked about Gideon. We talked about how he started with 32,000 men. That went down to 300 men. You've got to have faith when you're going up to fight an army and you start out with 32,000 and then you lose uh, uh, quite a number of people. I said if a pastor was pastoring a church of 32,000 people and 29,700 of them decided they didn't like his ministry anymore, uh, the overseer should have moved him a lot longer before he took 29,700 people leave the church. Uh, that's, that's a bad day uh, as a leader. When that many people abandoned ship on you. But God was with Gideon. It didn't matter how many. And that's why I told you the old, the, uh, the old story of the Bible where the uh, prophet of God, his servant was standing there and they were encamped around the enemy. And he said, sir, there's a lot against us. And the prophet of God said, Lord, open his eyes. And the Bible says the servant's eyes were open and he saw the angels. And the, the prophet of God asked him what he saw. He says, I, I see the angels there uh, of the Lord encamped around us. And the prophet of God says, there's more of them. Then there are, uh, there's more for us than there are of them. And what I come to tell somebody this morning is the same thing. It might look like you had 32,000 reasons to give up. It might look like 32,000 reasons to throw in the towel. It may feel like you've got 32,000 reasons not to come to church, not to pay your tithes, or not to get involved. But I come by to remind somebody this morning that even if hell brings 32,000 reasons against you, there is more fighting for you than are fighting against you. For if God be for me, who can be against me and all you got to know is if you've only got 300 on your side 300 with God is a lot mightier than 32,000 men if God be for you who can be against you and I talked to you about Gideon I talked to you about Joshua and the battle of Jericho I talked to you about how they were walking around the walls and shouted to God the walls fell down Gideon smashed clay, plot, clay pots and, and had blowing trumpets and light torches and the enemy killed themselves uh, if you remember the story of Samson Samson's one man he's fighting thousands of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey but yet he's able to to slay all of them it's amazing to me how there's no way that many men could not overpower him but then my mind automatically went well God how is that possible then I almost felt it like an idiot asking myself that question because it's real simple if God is with me it doesn't matter how many ways the enemy tries to attack me the enemy can attack me from the front the side the left the right the back the rear it doesn't matter if God's on 
my side, the angels of heaven encamped around me will protect me. For he who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my help and my very present help in time of trouble. God is with us and God is our help in time of trouble. We talked about entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will be thankful and bless his name. So today I want to pick up on the third part of this installment. Fear would like to keep you incarcerated. You know what fear does? Fear likes to lock you in, lock you out. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Fear is all about imprisonment. Fear wants you to be imprisoned in your mind. It wants you to be imprisoned in spirit, in body, in emotion. Fear has a crippling effect. It wants to keep you held captive. Fear likes to keep coming and keep. That's why you know when someone's afraid and things like that, that 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 of certain things that people will try to help them overcome their fear. But but it doesn't matter sometimes how many times you expose someone to what they're afraid of. Sometimes it just is like reliving it over and over and over again. That's what fear does. Fear doesn't give up. Fear incarcerates. See, the enemy wants nothing more than to put you in a situation. He wants to paint you an enticing picture. The enemy's all about painting a canvas that looks really pretty. He just doesn't show you the backdrop of the story. He makes things look really good, but it's all a ruse. It's all a sleight of hand, a smoke and mirror effect. It's just to try to make you think it's good, but it's really not for your benefit. You see Proverbs 29 and 5, 29 and 25 says this, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoever puts his trust in the Lord will be safe. See, the enemy wants to put you in a snare. You know what a snare is? It's a trap. It's a trap. A snare is like when you put peanut butter at the end of a trap, you wait for the raccoon or whatever to run in, and when it touches the peanut butter, the door shuts, and they're trapped. So you can take them to animal control or release them in the woods. It's a trap. You have set a trap to catch your intended uh, prey or target, whatever you're looking for. It's a trap. The enemy likes to set up traps in life. He likes to put up these traps of life and we don't see it and we're just spiritually going along and we walk right into the trap and look at all the beautiful apples and whatever you know like Eve in the garden with the beautiful fruit we, we're just walking around and when we take it the door snaps and the devil has us trapped the devil likes for us to see the beautiful whatever but then put us in a snare, a trap see what happens is once you get ensnared or entrapped you're at the mercy of the person coming to let you out. Because the person carrying the, the trap now has the right to either let you out, kill it, but the per- you're trapped. You're, you can't get out. You are at the mercy of whoever comes to the trap to let you out. The devil said, the Bible says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Once he gets you trapped, he's not planning on letting you out. So you better be careful. You better pray to God that God gives you the eyes and ears of discernment because if you're not careful, when you get ensnared and entrapped by the devil, don't think he's going to be nice and just let you out. That's not how that works. He's not playing for games. He's playing for keeps. Once he traps you, his intended target is to keep you entrapped and ensnared. But the Bible said, but whoever will put their trust, faith, faith is trust. Whoever puts their faith in the Lord is safe. 
You say, well, Pastor, what if I've already got myself in a trap? Then put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ because the Bible said he is the one who will set the captive. Anybody read their Bible? He will set the captive. If I'm in a snare, if I'm in a trap, I am held captive. I am incarcerated. I am there maybe even against my will. A trap, a snare has me in a place of bondage, and I'm captivated. There's nowhere for me to go. But God said, if I put my faith and trust in him, even if I'm captivated by the things of this world, even if I've been tricked by the enemy, God will set the captive free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you've come to church this morning or you're listening online and you say, well, Pastor, I feel like I'm in a trap. Don't worry. I just told you the truth. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be set free from whatever you are entangled in today. Fear incarcerates us. It incarcerates. It captures us. Many people have coined the phrase fear being false evidence appearing real. I told you Satan uses a lot of smoke and screens and Sleight of hands and things like that. Next weekend, the Coastal Carolina Fair will be moving its way to the Ladson Fairgrounds, October the 29th. Some people in the United States of America, and especially in the state of South Carolina, have argued that the Coastal Carolina Fair is even better than the State Fair in Columbia, that we have the best fair in town. Anytime you go to the fair, they have one unique place. No, I'm not talking about the fried Oreo trucks and the smoked turkey leg trucks. That's where I stay, but that's not what I'm talking about. I pay to go to the fair to get fat. That's kind of a weird concept, but that's I'm paying to get fat. That's weird, but but that's what I do. I don't care about the rides. I don't care. I mean, I'll look at the animals, but I, I'm afraid to go to the animals because every time I go to the animals, Brandon wants to, to us to buy one and take one home. I'm not doing that. We, have, we already have a pig on standby, a miniature horse on standby, with a couple ducks on standby. Last night she said she wants us to get chickens so that they can lay eggs for her to have better eggs to bake with. But then I can have the chickens to be able to kill to eat dinner with. Since beef, And then she wants us to get cows so we don't have to pay for the price of beef. Y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm running a farm, y'all. Old McDonald got nothing on me. Y'all, I mean, I don't even want them. But anyway, so I don't lie. I'll go to the animals. I'm afraid to go because I might leave with one. But there is one interesting place at the fair. It's the mirror mazes. You see, when I stand before my natural mirror at my bathroom in the morning, it lets me know of all my imperfections, all of the gray hairs I have occurred and accumulated over the last couple years, and they are getting more by the day. I'm getting ready to start going to Miss Jeannie and let her color this stuff. That's where we're headed next. This thing's getting out of control. But... uh, it reminds me of that, lets me know of all my imperfections, the big zits, the pimples, the I didn't shave in five days. And For some of y'all, it doesn't take quite as long. You don't have to fix your hair. You're, you're already naturally ready to go when you walk out the house. I mean, some of y'all don't even have to buy shampoo. I mean, they're, they're people losing money on you. And, um, you know, so, so that's a standard mirror. But the mirror mazes are, are, are unique. I can walk in one room, and I feel real good about myself because it's a thinner mirror. It makes me look good. And I stand there like, whew, I ain't near as fat as I thought I was. Look, look at God. <laughs> hey, whoo, feel like hot stuff until I go to the next room. Somehow somebody decided that they wanted me to stay humble because the next room makes me look three times larger than I was in the first room. 
So I went from my normal size walking in to a real skinny size going in the first room. I get to the second room. I look like I'm about four sizes bigger than I naturally am. Then I thought, oh, my gosh, please don't tell me I look like this. I look like a beached whale who can't get back in water. That's not good for me. Then I get to the third room, and my body's doing all kinds of contortions. I didn't know it was possible. And I'm not even moving. But my hands are over here, my arms and my legs, and I'm in all these different positions. And I'm just standing there, and I'm thinking, oh, my, my shoulder hurts. It's like, it's like it triggers. I see it in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, my shoulder. It wasn't hurting until I walked in that room. You know, smoking mirrors. That's what the devil does. Spiritually speaking, he'll put you in some rooms where everything's looking good. But then as soon as you think everything's looking good, he'll get you to another room that things he'll distort the reality of what really is there. He'll make you look good for a moment. But then he'll make things look worse than they really are. And then he'll take you to the third room where he'll distort reality and make you think everything's out of whack, out of balance, out of, out of control. Everything's in chaos. When in reality, if you just walk out of those mirror mazes of the enemy, if you just walk back out into the light. Do you know what happens when I walk out? Because it's always dark and they have different lighting to affect. But you know what happens when I walk back out of the, on the other side, Sister Brenda? I get back and I realize reality is. I realize I wasn't near as fat as I thought I was may not be as skinny as I was, but I'm not as fat, and my body wasn't contorted in different ways. See, the enemy wants us to stay in the mirror mazes of life so he can make things look better sometimes or look worse than they are sometimes or make us think everything's chaotic. But if we ever step out of that and we walk out, we come out of darkness and walk into his marvelous light, once we get back to reality, we will be able to lift up our head and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? God is my refuge and help, my very present help in time of trouble. Though the snare, though the enemy tried to encamp around me and ensnare me, God has a plan for my life and he will see it to completion and through to the end Psalms 27 verse 1 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear whom shall I dread the Lord is my refuge my stronghold in life whom shall I be afraid that, that's the whole point of this 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 particular point in the message if God if God knows what we're going through, if fear incarcerates, faith liberates, the Bible said God is the light and light of my salvation. Who do I have to fear? The answer is no one. The Lord is my refuge, my stronghold in life. Who do I have to be afraid? No one. Because God is there. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those who are captive, to open up prison doors and set free those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year and the day of vengeance of God, to comfort all that mourn. Can I tell you, God is still in the business of setting people free. If you need to be saved, He will set you free. If you need to be filled with His Holy Spirit, He can set you free. If you feel like you are bound by the chains of this world, God's still in the setting free business. We sing it in a hymn around here all the time. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison. I'm glory bound because Jesus set me free. Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20 he takes the singing army. We know the story. He's being camped around by all these men and God says just basically stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. 
In verse 3 of 2 Chronicles 20, the Bible said Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. He was afraid and he said, Lord, I'm going to create a fast. I'm going to proclaim a fast throughout the whole land. I'm afraid. There's a lot of them. There's a big army. We're in trouble. I'm going to fast. You know what the Bible said in verse 21 through 24? It says that when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers, worshipers. He appointed singers unto the Lord that they will praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And as they went up before the army, before the army, they said, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And they began to sing and praise. And while they were singing and praising, the Lord set an ambush against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which were come against Judah. And they smote one another. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and utterly to destroy and to slay them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, each one helped destroy the other. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked down in the valley and the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen on the earth, and none had escaped. Can I tell you the best way to overcome fear and to alleviate this incarceration of fear? While fear may try to silence your praise, faith will awaken the song within your heart. When you don't know what to do, you just start singing and praising and worshiping the Lord. And you don't even know it, but when you least expect it, God will set an ambush against the things of this enemy and you'll walk out of that situation better than you did when you went in. You say, well, Pastor, how do you think? How do you figure? Well, I'm reminded of the story in the book of Acts. There's a guy by the name of Paul. Paul gets arrested. Paul is not only arrested, he gets arrested with his ministry partner, Silas. Paul and Silas get put in jail in Philippi. They get put in jail. They're sitting in jail. They've been beaten. They've been tortured. They've been persecuted. They've been spit upon, slapped. They've been utterly humiliated. About that time, about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, Paul looks at Silas and said, Well, we're kind of in a fix, aren't we? Yeah, you'd say so. They're both sitting there, stocks, bonds, fetters, chains. We ain't going anywhere. Nope, we're not. We're in a dungeon. Yep, we are. It's dark, damp. Ain't no TV. This ain't like modern day prison where you get out for a couple hours a day, get to go lift weights, and you get to go out in the yard and play basketball, and then get to watch TV time, and then go to the library and check out some book. No, this ain't this not that kind of prison. We, we, we talking, they put you in a hole down in the ground, put you in stocks and bonds, damp, dark, dirty, rat infested and you sat there and you they just threw your food at the bottom and it'd be molded and all kinds of junk down there it wasn't a pleasant time to be in prison back then Paul said well we got two choices we can be bitter or we can be blessed that's our choice I choose to be blessed I don't know exactly what he's saying but Paul began to sing a hymn the Bible said Silas began to feel like hey what do I got to lose I'm down here with him too he got me in this mess I guess I might as well just go with him too so they start singing now, I don't know how many songs they sang. I don't know if they sang one song 500 times, five times, or one time. All I know is while they were singing, the Bible said about midnight, while they're still singing, you know, at midnight, what people like to do, sleep. And pretty much, I'm pretty sure that if you're in prison with all these other people, they don't really care about hearing you sing because they don't really want to hear you sing. They're miserable too. They could care less about somebody in cell block C over there just singing their heart away. They probably think they're schizophrenic and shut up. Like, just go to bed. It's midnight. But Paul and Silas are still bellering it out at midnight, just singing away with what little bit of breath they got. 
Now, all the people in the other cell blocks are all like, you know, annoyed, agitated, whatever. Just be quiet, go to bed. But about midnight, they start singing. The Bible says a light shows up in the room. Angel of the Lord walks into the room. And the angel of the Lord starts unlocking doors. He walks into Paul and Silas, click, click, opens the bars, walks in, goes to the stocks, bonds, and fetters, click, 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 takes them off all of his, takes them off their feet, takes them off. Paul and Silas look at their hands. They're ringing it. They're free. But that doesn't stop there. The angel of the Lord goes to the next cell. Click, 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 click. Goes to the next block. Click, 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 click. Goes to the next block. Click, click, click. The by the time it's all said and done, all of them get. Now, all of them wasn't singing, y'all. Paul and Silas were singing. But everybody got affected by the power of God in the service. So what that tells me is, I don't really care if everybody sings on Sunday morning. Now, if you don't want to sing, that's your problem, and God bless you. You should sing, but you don't have to. Because I've come to the realization that everybody doesn't have to praise the Lord, but if two people, two or three people, gather in my name and agree, touching any one thing, I am in the midst. So it tells me that if only two people figure it out, hello, that means it can have direct correlation to the rest of the everybody else in the atmosphere in the room. Which tells me if I praise the Lord and I can only get one or two more people to praise the Lord, it can have direct correlation to changing the atmosphere of the worship in the house of the Lord. And there can be people that leave this sanctuary set free by the power of God, not because they knew how to praise God, but my praise became a weapon to defeat the enemy in their life as well. And then finally, as Miss Carol makes her way, faith eradicates, excuse me, fear eradicates, faith eliminates. Fear, fear's design is to just destroy you. It doesn't care. Eradication literally means to leave nothing behind. To completely, utterly destroy. The devil loves nothing more for the people of God to live in fear. He uses tactics. He thrives in driving wedges in the body of Christ. He desires nothing more to alienate and to isolate the body of Christ. However, the word of God says, God called us to be a people of integration, of people together. When thou pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the waters, they will not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, you will not be burnt, neither shall the flame kindle thee. Which tells me the enemy might try to take me out, but God's not going to let me go under. Even if the enemy puts me in the middle of the fiery trials, in the heat of the battle, in the middle of an enraging inferno, there's a fourth man still walking in the fire to make sure that my hair is not singed and my clothes are not burnt, and we'll walk around that fire until God gets us out of the fire. There's a fourth man in the fire. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, Anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down, but a good word will lift it up. That's what the world needs. They need a lifting up. They need spiritual Botox is what they need. That's what they need. We got enough people walking around with anxiety. Anxiety will weigh a person's heart down, but a good word, an on-time word, will lift them up. Lift them up. Love conquers it all. James says this, Thus, by faith itself, it does not have to be worked. Without works, it is dead. But someone will say, you have faith. Another will say, I have works. 
I tell you, I tell you, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe that. Do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? You can say all day long we're people of faith, but until we put faith to put, until we put feet to our faith, we ain't doing nothing. People say, "Oh, I'm a man of faith." Yeah, but you don't live like you're a man of faith or a woman of faith. So obviously you're not, because you got to put feet to faith. Because faith without works is dead. You got to put feet to the prayers, feet to that faith. You got to walk out like you believe it, not just say it, live it, believe it. God doesn't need more religious people. He needs more people to have a relationship with Him. God doesn't need generic praise. He needs authentic worship. God doesn't want hocus pocus, hokey pokey type gyrations. He wants people that can dance in the presence of the Lord because of the power of God that worketh inside of them. He doesn't need us to create a spiritual Zumba class. He needs a holy people. I shouldn't have to tell you, yeah, put your right hand in, put your right hand out, put your right hand up, put your right hand out. You should want to put it up because you love God, not because I told you. You should want to clap and give God ovations of praise, not because you were instructed, but because you love the Lord. You should pray to the Lord, not because I told you to, but because God's been good to you. God doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be a victor. God's not looking for fearful people. He's looking for a faithful church. He's not looking for fearful people. He's looking for a faithful church. So my question that I ring out to you today before we dismiss today. The choice is yours. You're going to continue to be a man or a woman of fear. Finding fear at every impasse. Or are you going to be a woman, man or woman of faith. That says you know what. I don't understand. Don't always have the answers. But God's on my side. God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble. The Lord is with I can stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, be still, and know that He is God. The Lord is with me. Because if you believe that, you don't have to live in fear. You can fight the good fight of faith. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith, and I have kept my faith. Therefore there is laid for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give unto me but not only unto me but unto all of us that love his glorious appearing. That's the hope of the church. Keep fighting. Fight of faith. Because one day God will reward you for the faithfulness that you displayed by not walking in fear but walking in faith. Will you stand all over the house today? going to pray a benedictory prayer over the body of Christ. Then we're going to segue let those that want to be dismissed be dismissed. Please those that are attending the business meeting just it'll take us about five minutes to transition everything. Just remember you are a, those in the business meeting faithful attenders and those that uh, financially support the church. We would like for you to stay so you can hear what God is doing uh, in that meeting as well. Let me pray for you today, and then those that are going to leave, I'll be at the back door momentarily to shake your hands before we call this business meeting to order. So it'll be about a five-minute turnaround. Heavenly Father, I have to the best of my ability decreed and declared and spoke what thus saith the word of the Lord. Help us to not walk in fear, but walk in faith. Help us to live a life, God, that would be on display, that would let others know that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that our minds can think or comprehend 
according to the power of Christ that worketh within us. Father, today I decree and declare over this body of Christ and this body of believers, I'm asking you today to let us be men and women of faith, not women and men and women of fear. Let us remember God is for us. God is with us. We can be still and know you are God. Father, as we go to and for our destination, places of humble abode, keep us safe. Bring us back safely tonight at 6 p.m. for worship. Father, I also pray today you bless us and keep us. Your face shine upon us. Be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance. Give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding and guard our hearts. In Christ's wonderful name, we pray and ask these things. Amen. God bless you. If those staying for the business meeting, if you stay just for a second, those that, as we transition, those that are not staying, feel free to be dismissed. I love you, and we'll see you tonight at 6 p.m. God bless you.